Welcome to the Binge Breakers Podcast. I'm Jacqueline. I am here to teach you how I overcame bulimia and my binge eating disorder, and how you can too. Through simple steps of mind management, repairing your relationship with yourself, understanding your habits, and intuitive eating. Disclaimer. This recording is not intended to be utilized as medical advice or a medical diagnosis. If you think you're in need of medical attention or treatment, please seek it immediately. This recording will also contain sensitive subjects such as binging and purging, weight, and depression. Please listen at your own discretion and do what you think is best for you. Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast. Today we want to talk about traveling during the holidays. Now, if you are looking for advice when it comes to eating all the cookies, all the things during these holidays, this holiday season, please check out my last episode, my last Christmas episode or holiday episode that was about top tips I'd give you that couldn't tell you anything else. I think that covers the basics and one of the most, some of the most important things you need to, to hear during the holidays. Plus, if you go back through my podcast, there are a ton of episodes on the holidays and how to deal with family members, that sort of stuff. Uh, so recommend those for sure. And then if you're really struggling and you want more, like you feel like you need more and more help, then my um, Bulimia Breakup program is an amazing resource to get you live coaching every single week where you can talk to me about specific issues you're going through. Plus the private podcast has a whole series on holidays and how to actually navigate certain situations, the holidays, how to eat normally, how to not binge and purge, how to deal with triggering family members, etc. So I'd recommend all those things. You can find that and more at bingebreakers.com. I also have a free course on there for those of you guys that don't know. But I wanted to talk about traveling during the holidays because I made a post last year, last holiday season, actually. It was offhanded. I just saw these bags. I was traveling home for the uh, holiday season, and I saw these bags in the airport, the Miami airport, um, of food, random crap, like overpriced food that you can buy at one of the airport stands. And it just kind of struck me as like, Oh, I remember some people do struggle during the holidays. And I remember always my traveling experiences when I was bulimic. But I, so I made a post about it thinking about, I remember when I used to struggle with bulimia and eating disorder, and even long before I struggled with bulimia, just disordered eating in general, my eating habits during travel were pretty awful. And I didn't struggle with binging during the actual traveling day. What I used traveling to do is it was very distracting for me to travel. I wasn't as hungry, that sort of stuff. So I'd use it as an excuse to just not eat for as long as possible. I tried to not eat as long as possible um, on the plane and going through the airport uh, and just use that just distraction to my advantage. But then, of course, after not eating all day, I'd be like, yay, I burned a bunch of calories and I didn't eat anything. And then the following day or that night, I would eat a huge meal because I'm like, I didn't eat all day. And it would just kind of backfire. Or I would not binge, but I would also end up like eating all the little free snacks the plane would give you and probably getting junk food, like snack food I didn't need and coffee I didn't need at the airport, little things and like just kind of overeating. So that's how my traveling usually went. And it really sucked. Um, But some people I know struggle with binging when they go to uh, travel during the airport, or if they're on a car ride, a long car ride, they just binge the whole car ride so that they can um, keep themselves entertained. And the snacks really help them keep engaged while they're driving for a while. So I made a post about that on my Instagram offhand. I took a picture of the snacks I saw in the airports and traveling during the holidays with bulimia. And it was one of my most well-liked photos and um, posts of 
2022 or 2021, I guess, because that's when I posted it. So I wanted to do an episode about that because I don't think I've ever actually talked about it on the podcast. And if you guys don't know what I'm talking about, I'm talking about my Instagram. Um, if you want like daily content from me, I'm really active on there. Uh, so yeah, you can check me out at bingebakers underscore bulimia on Instagram. I don't do TikTok. TikTok hates me. Um, they Every time I post something, they're like, you're close to being banned. So I just gave up on that. Uh, <laughs> anyway. The eating disorder community is pretty awful on TikTok. There's a lot of people posting things in there that are not trying to help people. They're definitely promoting eating disorders, which really sucks. So the first piece of advice I said was eat something balanced and tasty. Um, Before you head out or at the airport, plan to have something balanced and tasty. If you're on a budget or you know that when you get too hungry, you're at a risk of binging, then I'd recommend eating something before the airport. If it's a red eye flight and you have to get up super early and you're not hungry first thing in the morning, bring some food with you, pack it the night before. The reason being is if you pack something or have something that's a full meal that's actually tasty and satisfying, you are less likely to binge. I cannot say it enough. I'll say it till I'm blue in the face. Eating enough is definitely crucial to recovery. I used to not think that, and I used to definitely definitely not think that when I was going through bulimia because I felt like I was eating large quantities. I wasn't losing weight. I felt like I was eating sufficiently. But it's not just about eating sufficiently to meet your daily calorie requirements. It's about eating sufficiently and consistently so that you're not getting your daily calorie requirements in a one-off binge. You're getting it throughout the day, spread out throughout the day. And eating a balanced meal either before you go to the airport or at the airport or both, because sometimes people are like, well, I had one then, so I can't have one at the airport. It just depends on when you're hungry and what you need, but use a little common sense there, but eat something before you go at the airport. It's going to make you less likely to binge because you have food in your stomach. There's less desire for food. There's less hunger for food. You feel better. Um, It's going to stabilize you as well. It's just all around a better idea. And I know a lot of you guys are like, Jacqueline, what if I, I'm probably going to binge anyway. I don't want to do that, but I might as well just wait as long as possible so that hopefully I just delay it and then I don't binge. You have to understand you are building your desire to binge doing that. And even if you binge and you eat a full meal, at least you're taking care of that deficit of the calories that you are missing. And eventually that will get better along with practicing other tools and tricks in recovery, practicing habit interruption, practicing emotional regulation. But I'm I'm probably guessing that you'll make a firm, firm bet that you will not stop binging if you keep doing the same thing over and over again, which is not eating anything till you get to the airport or trying to resist until you are confronted with something and then you eventually binge. Also, try to have a meal over snacks, or if you want a snack, try to have it with your meal. Again, snacks aren't wrong. If you want a snack, that's totally fine. I just find that having a full, satisfied meal where you sit down and maybe even make an event out of it is going to leave you feeling like you've actually eaten something sufficient. Sometimes when you have snacks, they're great in a pinch, but sometimes when you have snacks, you feel like you didn't eat that much. Your brain perceives it as smaller and therefore not being as much calories, even though maybe it was sufficient in calories. When you sit down and you are actually present for the food, you're paying attention to it more and how your brain perceives it actually affects your levels of fullness and satiety. It's kind of like if you um, get a poor, uh, maybe you get 
seven hours of sleep or something instead of eight, but you think that you've gotten six hours of sleep instead of seven, you may even make yourself feel more tired just because you feel like I'm, I didn't get enough sleep. Maybe you actually did get enough sleep, but you're making yourself think that you didn't. So you have this nocebo effect. That is a real thing. Placebo effect is real. Nocebo effect is real. And it can play with your emotions. So being present for your food and sitting down, making time for it will make your brain kind of perceive that we've had enough. We've actually had food. We are okay. It is abundant. It is available and your body feel better. And also eating food in a calm state can be very helpful for your digestive system. If you ever eat food while you're rushing around, if I, I cannot eat something 10 to 20 minutes before a call, unless I'm starving and I absolutely need to eat. Because before a call, I'm nervous. And so that food is just not going to digest as well because my body's in a stressed state. My digestive system is not functioning at its prime. And you, if you notice, sometimes when you eat when you're stressed, you might have more gas, more bubblies in your stomach. It just might not feel as good or your digestion just feels less optimal because you were in this stress state. So sitting down, being comfortable while you're eating can be helpful, which is also why if you're always running late, if you're going to the airport, it can be good just to get there a little bit early so you can have a meal and relax a little bit um, if you're planning on eating there or, you know, having time to actually eat the meal that you prepared for yourself. Also, if you're on a road trip and you're one of those people like, we got to get there as fast as possible. No, you don't. You do not have to get yourself there as fast as possible. My dad, I always appreciated it. He was always like a very timely person, but he was great about on road trips taking what we would call his shortcuts, like a dad shortcut. His shortcuts were never shortcuts. They were the long scenic way there. And sometimes whenever we'd be driving us home from church or something, he would be like, guys, we're going to take a shortcut. And my brother and I would groan because we're like, oh my God, we're not going to get home until like 10, 20 minutes later than we would previously. But the nice thing about that attitude was like, we're going to stop and smell the roses. We're going to see the scenery. We're going to enjoy our time. We don't have to rush to, to get there. And it's a really good attitude to have. And during our road trips, we would take a, a vacation every single year to uh, Wisconsin. Shout out to those of you guys in Wisconsin. But we would take a vacation every single summer there to meet friends and stuff like that. But he was always the person that was like, we're going to stop and have an actual lunch at a nice place. We're going to sit down and eat lunch. And we're, if we need gas, we need to stop and use the restroom. We can do that whenever we want to. It was never this rushed thing. And uh, there were also families that would meet there, one family in particular, and the dad was like, we do not stop for food. We only stop for gas. And when we stop for gas is when you use a restroom, we had to go, 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 go. They were very adamant about just not stopping for anything other than gas. And their their family members were always miserable by the time they got there. It took them like a day to recuperate from the traveling because they're just like went through hell. So if you're that type of person, I'd question why, firstly, unless you really just didn't have time and you're running late. I get that. But for the most part, even if you have kids, that sort of stuff, try to just leave earlier and try to make time to sit down for the meals and relax. The more relaxed you can make yourself, the less likely you are to binge because you're less stressed and the less likely you are to um, uh, have digestive issues because you're eating while stressed and while rushed. So that's that's what I'd recommend. <laughs> that's a long tangent for just the first tip I was going to say. Also, when you make an event out of it, it's something to look forward to. We always kind of look forward to our trips down to Wisconsin or up to Wisconsin, but the other family, I anticipate that they did not look forward to that trip at all. They looked forward to the vacation, not the road trip there. And you could even make airports be kind of a fun event. Like I look forward to 
airports and road trips now because I get to do things during them. I get to plan fun things for myself, which we'll get into later. And also if I do want to have a meal at the airport, I can. I remember this one time I was put on a business trip. I had this short job. It was a short time job, but it was this company that I was really excited to work for. Turned out to be an awful working environment. Did not like them at all. And I had just gone on this miserable business trip for them. And they um, I had to go home early because I was moving and they told me, you know, here's the company card, like buy yourself a meal. And I totally sat down and bought myself a nice meal and a glass of wine at that airport. I was like, I'm going to make a meal out of this because I hate this. And it was nice. Gave me something to look forward to. So you can make an event out of airport or road trip meals. You can make it fun. Um, which is, again, enjoying your food, anticipating your food can be a way to show your mind that it's abundant, that you don't need to binge in order to access these foods. Um, Another thing you can do is set the intention before you head out. So as much as like people don't advocate willpower and stuff like that, you do, if you want to start binging, there has to be some intention into it. There has to be some goal setting. There has to be some decision-making in that process. And a lot of people think, well, I just have to wait for when I don't want to binge. And once I don't want to binge, then I'll stop binging. That's actually not how it works. Of course, you need to take care of your basic needs, like eating enough, sleeping enough, that sort of stuff. And sometimes that lowers the drive to binge. Sometimes it gets eradicates the binging altogether. That can't happen. But a lot of times what I see is that the same for me, I was eating enough, but I was still binging, maybe less frequently, but I was still binging. And that's when it comes into play that you have to be intentional in the moment of pausing, making a decision not to, and moving forward and knowing that when you keep not rewarding that urge, the urge actually disappears because it's seen itself as not useful. The brain is building a new habit pathway with that signal. Because the urge right now is like, I send you up an urge, you binge. That's the brain knows how to get you to binge, right? It sends up an urge. If that urge keeps coming up and you keep just ignoring it or not giving into it, along with taking care of your basic needs and emotional needs, then it's less likely to keep persisting because when it does that, you're not rewarding it. You're not engaging in it. It's like a toddler, right? It's learning that no matter how much I throw a tantrum, mom does not buy me the chocolate bar in the aisle at checkout. She just ignores me when I throw a tantrum. Maybe there's another behavior I can do instead. Your brain works very similarly to that, those urges. And so before you go to the airport, set the intention and maybe even the plan of what you want to do. Do you want to buy food there? Do you want to buy overpriced snacks there to binge on? What do you want? And if urges come up, what are you going to do about them? Are you going to just kind of try to reframe your mind and be like, we're not engaging, we're not doing that? Are you going to pause, feel your emotions, move forward? Come up with a strategy, any strategy. I have plenty of them on my podcast, but think about the strategies you want to use and what you want to do and why. What is your reason for not wanting to binge on this trip? Not wanting to eat constantly on the road? How do you want to feel? What is it going to be like? Is it going to be uncomfortable? Okay, if it's going to be uncomfortable, how are you going to deal with that? How are you going to manage it? The more you can set an intention beforehand and actually make that firm decision, even if you failed at making that decision the more likely you are to actually go and follow through with that. And even if you break your decision, maybe decide what happens if you break your decision. How are you going to handle it then? Are you going to beat yourself up, call yourself a failure and say it's never possible for you? Or are you going to diagnose, okay, well, if we do binge, we're going to journal about why that happened and what what we could have done differently. We're going to forgive ourselves, move on, but we're going to uh, provide ourselves critical feedback. Every time I have a coaching call that I feel like doesn't go so well, which happens, I don't want people to think I'm a terrible coach. I'm actually a really good coach, but but 
I have my off days and on my off days where I feel like I didn't connect well enough with a person or maybe I wasn't getting something I and I could sense it with the other person. I feel like I'm good with emotional connection and sensing people's finite emotions. I mean, I talk to people every day. But if I sense that, then I just go over, okay, what did I miss? What maybe could have been different on that call? What should I have done differently? Same with consults. I do the same thing. And that helps me so much understanding what could have happened. Same with binging. You can review, see what went on, and it's going to make you a better person, a better better person at handling binging, just like that makes me a better coach is reviewing where I'm going wrong. Um, if Exactly. <laughs> Also, when you're setting that intention, a really good thing to do is to anticipate what your brain is going to tell you. So you've got all these goals and plans when you're going in, like, we're not going to do it. We're not going to binge. We're going to eat regularly. We're going to do what Jacqueline says. And then you get to the airport and there's, whenever I go to my home airport is Chicago Midway. That's the closest airport to my parents' house. And so whenever I am in that airport, there's an amazing popcorn shop. If you ever are in Chicago, you need to try Nuts on Clark, best popcorn ever in the world. I'm going to make that claim. Probably I'm wrong, but for Chicago and like for America, I feel like best popcorn is Nuts on Clark in Chicago and they have a station in the airport. And so now I just, every single time I'm there, I buy it for me and my parents to share, or I buy it as I'm coming home for my boyfriend and I to share. So it's not a big deal to me anymore, but it used to be a big deal of like, oh my God, nuts on popcorn. I want to, I want that. And so I'd always have to come by and I'd smell it. And then that would be like, why don't you just get a bag? Why don't you just get two bags? Why don't you just eat one bag? And no one will ever know. And then you can just go home and it'll be perfectly fine. And there's like an airport bathroom over there. It's fine. So that's what my brain would always do. Um, so you need to anticipate what excuses and what things your brain will say to try to convince you. This is what I teach in my program all the time is understanding the thoughts and behaviors and triggers that lead up to you binging. And the big thing that usually happens is your brain tells you things that sound like you in order to convince you to binge. And what I do sometimes with clients is I have them say every single thing their brain says to them, their beliefs that tell them why binging is necessary and why they should do it. And then we create counter beliefs to that reasons why they shouldn't do it. And you may think like, well, yeah, in the moment that doesn't matter, but, but, but rehearsing those thoughts, rehearsing those beliefs, having the answers to talk back to those thoughts, even if you don't use them in the moment, they are in the back of your mind now and you can keep trying to practice them and rehearse them. And eventually also, like let's say you never never necessarily use them in the moment, but you keep watching yourself choose the binge brain instead of the rational brain who has perfectly good reasons why they shouldn't binge, you'll start to notice cognitive dissonance there and you might start wanting to opt out of your own pure free will to go for the other belief of like, you know what, we keep doing this. We keep binging because we think this is what we need in the moment. But then every time we do it, we feel like shit. It doesn't even feel that good. So why do we keep doing it? And that golden nugget right there creates actual desire to stop binging. And you might find that desire more and more in the moment. So if you're like that, if you in the moment, every time have these thoughts of, no, I, I want to binge and hear the reasons why, think of what those thoughts are and come up with counter thoughts to it and how you're going to handle those counter thoughts in the moment. Set that intention prepare ahead of time for what the opposition is going to tell you and how you're going to handle it. It will help you out a lot. Wear, the next one was wear comfortable clothes. This is underrated. I used to want to be the person that's like, I want to look cute during the airport. Especially when I was single, I was always like, ooh, who am I going to find? Who's going to see me? But sometimes like, looking cute also, just so you get more compliments, that sort of stuff. You want to feel, you never know who you're going to meet. But at the same time, it's not that I'm saying you have to go into the airport looking like 
someone who doesn't take care of themselves at all, but wear something that feels comfortable. Don't wear pants, especially like high-waisted yoga pants. I don't know what it is about them, but they always make my stomach feel very uncomfortable. So I try to find like a mid-rise, soft, stretchy yoga pants and a nice, comfortable sweater or hoodie to wear. If it's summer, I probably wear some really lightweight yoga pants or something like that. And then also a tank top, maybe a jacket or something, but um, usually wear a hoodie because the airport's cold. But wear something that you feel like is appropriate and you feel confident in, but is also comfortable. Not only um, is it going to just make you feel better. It's going to be a better time in the airport, but it's going to make you less body focused. And I find that body, when your body feels tight, it feels uncomfortable. It feels weird. That's more of a trigger for you to binge in the moment. I find that people struggle with that a lot um, is when they feel like something's too tight on them, that they feel like they're fat. And then they feel like we might as well binge anyway, because we suck, whatever. So you want to wear comfortable clothes so you don't run into that spiral altogether. And again, going back to stress and your digestive system, sometimes your digestive system just isn't working as well while travel. Like my mom, she suffers from even more anxiety than me and she really struggles with it during travel. She always has stomach upsets when we are traveling. And so for her wearing something really comfortable is highly important so that she's not going to be in pain and even in more pain. For you, the same thing. Your digestive system might be a little bit more bubbly, a little bit more like gassy, things like that. It just depends. Sometimes no, sometimes yes, but it might be because of the stress. So wearing something that's not tight will be very helpful for that. And also you're going to be carrying bags and stuff like that. I always carry a backpack with me. I don't care how old I'm going to be a grandma, 80 years old. I will always have a backpack because it's better for your back. People that only like wear side shoulder things. It's fine if you want to do that. I'm not judging you, but I hate the people that judge people that wear backpacks. It's comfortable. It's better for your back. It's healthier for you. But the problem with backpacks, just like anything, is it kind of digs into your traps. So wearing something like a bra that's not going to dig into you too much, that's also something to consider too. So you're not, because the more like, the more tight your neck muscles are and the more like hunched over you are and you can feel that, the more stressed you're going to feel too. A lot of times when you're in a stressed position, you're hunched over, caved in, <clears throat> wearing something comfortable on your traps and a backpack that's supportive might be more helpful for that. And the less stressed you are, the less you're going to binge most likely. Okay. And then the last, last few things. One is bring things for entertainment. So now that I don't obsess about food all the time, I actually look forward to travel time. Again, I don't have kids to take care of. Usually when I'm traveling, I'm traveling alone or I'm traveling with my boyfriend. It's not like I have to take care of screaming toddlers or something like that. So you mothers out there, you parents, I get you. I'm sorry. But still, whoever you are, I would bring something to do. If it's if you have kids too, bring something for them. Uh, my mom would always do a great job. She'd always bring little activity bags with us whenever we went to travel. She would bring, for me, I really like drawing. So she'd get me a new like sketchbooks and things like that. She'd get me kind of a doll type things. I liked figurines and she'd give me a little games to play. Same with my brother. He had different stuff. I don't know what was in his bag because I was a child and being selfish. So I was like, I don't care about his bag. I want my bag. But we would both have entertainment bags. And the neat thing about that is moms, you can do that. But also for, it taught me as a child, like, oh, maybe I should bring things to entertain myself, things to do. We'd also always get magazines, that sort of stuff. I don't recommend, <clears throat> unless it's an informative magazine that you go and get like 
Cosmopolitan or something like that. If you like trashy magazines, that's fine. But sometimes that stuff can be triggering. I'd recommend getting a good book, maybe finding a game you can download on your phone. That's fine. I like to either, I, I love drawing on planes. I know and I look like a total weirdo because I'll be like hunched over <laughs> drawing vigorously, but it's a perfect time because I'm stuck in the plane for two to three hours. I can't do much else unless I want to buy internet or something to work or something like that. So drawing is actually a perfect activity for me to do in the plane. And I usually come up with some really cool artwork. So the plane for me, I view it as this opportunity of time to just do something that I never make time for otherwise. Or you could read, again, sometimes people find uh, an issue of taking time for that. You could also do some work. I know that sometimes if you're traveling, you want to be carefree or whatever, but a lot of my work has to, is come in the terms of like, a lot of my work requires writing and content creation and stuff like that. So I don't necessarily need internet for that. I can just use my notes section on my iPad or phone and type away. And sometimes being stuck in that confined space of time is a perfect opportunity to be creative, to think. So I like to take advantage of that. You have to think of what you would want to do yourself, but bring things to entertain yourself. Think of yourself as a little kid of course, anyone who's stuck in a room for three hours and doesn't know what to do, food is going to be an easy option for them. And it's not like you can't entertain yourself with food. That is a possibility. But find other engaging ways to do the same thing. Um, it's a really great opportunity. Traveling, I now see it as an opportunity, really. Like traveling is a time that I get an excuse to do whatever the hell I want to do while I'm stuck on this plane, stuck in the airport waiting. It's time to myself. I can just, and I can listen to music, audiobooks, podcasts. So enjoyable. I really look forward to traveling now. Road trips. You can't draw on road trips or something like that, but you can bring audio stimulation. You could bring great tunes, great podcasts, great audiobooks. I listen to audiobooks a lot on road trips and it's very fun highly recommend. Um, you can also, with a game, with a family, play games. Um, also with your family, my parents used to, on road trips, uh, play really funny um, storybooks the whole family could listen to. We were a religious family, so um, they would play sometimes, I think they were called Odysseys or whatever. Uh, it was kind of this religious fictional audiobook tape things, but that was always fun. I mean, it was still entertaining. So you could bring things like that for the whole family you can be engaged in. Um, during a road trip, if you're driving, it's a little bit harder, but that's still an option. Um, also, something you can bring to if you, in my last podcast, we talked about ADHD with um, Becca King. And if you really need that physical stimulation when you're driving or you're on a plane, there are things you could do. You could bring fidget toys. You could bring something to move your hands in. You could bring knitting things. I don't know if airplanes let you bring knitting needles on. I'm not sure about that, but something, there's many things you can do with your hand that are airport safe and road trip safe that you can bring with you. You can get chewable necklaces if you need some of that um, like oral uh, stimulation. That's totally a thing. That's an option. Um, and also like, it's okay to have some drinks. You know, you might have to use the bathroom more often, but some fizzy drinks can definitely be stimulating. Just watch it on the carbonation because you might get your stomach more irritated. So those are some options for you, but bring something to entertain yourself with. You do not have to just sit there and stare at a wall and not binge. That's going to make you much more likely to binge. And again, it's something to look forward to. It's something enjoyable to do. That's why like travel days are my favorite days because I'm like, oh, I get to do so much cool stuff that I don't usually do. The last thing, which is going to be really obvious, and it's been kind of the whole theme of this episode is try to make your 
airport or road trip travels as stress-free as possible. Now I know I've talked to a lot of moms, like I have a lot of clients that are moms who stress out about travel things because they have multiple kids they're trying to look forward to or look after. And if that's you, um, try to just make lists ahead of time, try to get snacks, try to prepare for their needs. But I think a lot of stress comes from their mindset. And something I asked them a lot where they were worried about these little things going wrong. I'm like, well, what if that happens? Like, what if you don't have the right snacks for your baby? What if you don't have the right snacks for the, for your toddler? And then the person was like, they'll just cry a lot and it'll be awkward and passengers will glare at me. And I'm like, okay, you can handle that, right? They're not going to attack you. They're not going to get, they're not going to say anything. They're just going to be annoyed with you. You can handle that. You're a mom. So there is that option, but to the best of your um, ability, try to prepare ahead of time to make it as stress-free as, stress-free as possible. Meaning make lists, try to get to the airport early, try to make sure you prep in enough time. Don't be trying to do things last minute so that you could get there on time without having to worry. Also, you can look up videos ahead of time. Um, I don't think a lot of people know this, at least older people. I'm more, I'm a, like, I'm right in between a Gen Z and a millennial. I'm a millennial technically, but I'm a really young millennial. Um, but YouTube, right? You can look up travel tips for wherever you're going. I think those are very comforting. When I went to Disney World, when I went to um, Universal, I was watching video after video on like what to pack, what to look out for, problems to anticipate. And maybe that seems extreme OCD, but for me in my mind, it really helps me. And it was just entertaining and it kind of helps you anticipate for the trip. But try to make it as stress-free as possible. Try to make it enjoyable and try to make it fun for yourself and prep for things so you don't have to be scrambling last minute. That's going to make it less likely you're going to binge and you're overall going to have a better travel experience and maybe you show up to your destination even more refreshed than you were before. Okay, thank you so much for listening. Um, I'm dying because my throat is, I'm pre-recording these so I'm not still sick because you're listening to this a week later, but I'm sick right now and I'm feeling much better. As you can probably tell, the energy on this podcast is higher, but I my cough just is persisting like no other. So I'm dealing with that. <laughs> so it's going to be good to take a glass of water after this podcast episode and get it out there. But I hope you guys have a wonderful, wonderful holiday, whatever you're doing. Please know that if you do binge on the holidays, it's a rough holiday season for you. That is okay. It doesn't mean you can't recover. It just means that you had a rough holiday season. Don't make it mean more than it actually is. Be gentle with yourself. If you do binge, just try to see what happened, forgive yourself, nourish yourself, and move on as best as you can. Okay, hope you guys have happy holidays. Never give up on yourself, my friends. Bye.